0: This is a Little Empire podcast. Visit us at littleempirepodcast.com and on Twitter at littleempirepod. Are you going to play
1: that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still it's fine. fine. It's a Cully Cully Arthur.
0: Arthur. One of them dies, that guy's screw. One of them's a hot. his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. I can feel already that this one is going to be dicey, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the worst idea of all time, episode 37. I've been reliably informed uh, by my compatriot, my brother-in-arms, Guy Montgomery, across the ditch, across the Tasman.
1: How are you? That's right. Um, I'm great, thanks. I've been sent over to Australia to, uh, to research the Australian way of life. Uh, and certainly I consider this screening of Where Are Your Friends at 8am on a bright Sydney morning to be a huge roadblock in the way of my research. But what must be done, must be done, Tim. And as always, I'm never surprised by this development. It's a horrible way to wake up watching this movie. It is a horrible, horrible way to start your
0: day. Before we get into that, what findings have you made about the Australian people and that, that fair land, the lucky country? Oh, look, it's, i tell you what, you don't
1: need to pack as many sweatshirts as you think. Um, although, it's it, warm. When, when wearing a sweatshirt here, it's easy to see why it would be called as such on account of the, um, the increased humidity and just generally warmer climate. Just a sort of pervading sense of dampness. In every at every turn here in Australia, I mean, there are wet people, Tim, almost amphibious.
0: Are you talking about from perspiration or just general kind of water everywhere? Initially, it started
1: from perspiration, but I mean, <laughs> a lot of the people I'm talking to appear to have gills.
0: Okay, wow. So they've they've but uh, they're quick adapters, aren't they? They're a very resourceful people. We know that about them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an arid and um, hellish sort of, you know, landscape, especially once you start trekking inwards. So, I don't know if you'd call yeah, them quick well, adapters.
0: People like Mel Gibson don't get forged in the lush rainforests of the Amazon, you know? It's too delicate and protective an environment. He is a sword forged <laughs> in the uh, red-hot Australian radioactivity of the outback.
1: Yeah, that Mel Gibson is a real... He is a card, isn't he? He, is he could
0: a... he could only have come forward from... Um, it's, it's a real... He is a Darwinian product sent to us from Satan himself. <laughs> Satan said, I'm going to create a small patch of my own hellscape upon this plane of the earth and I will populate it with the most poisonous and horrifying-looking creatures. There will be armored amphibians twice the size of a human with sharp gnashing teeth wow Uh, eventually when you develop technology you will turn them into handbags and wallets but for now they will be terrifying Uh, i will have tiny eight-legged eight-eyed critters that can kill you with a single bite Uh, i will have large worms which slither across the arid sand do you uh, think, ready to bite you.
1: Do you think that's how snakes describe themselves?
0: I think that's how Satan described them when he put them on earth. The serpent slithering on the belly. He didn't, he he didn't call belly. it a snake to begin with. He called it a large worm. He made yes. worms first. Worms have been around since since the start. We started with worms, then we got to snakes. And then eventually, <laughs> from snakes, we got to Mel Gibson. I... Mel Gibson had to fight his way out we've lost so many
1: how do you make a worm and then look at it and be like oh this needs to be bigger (laughs) and also with teeth that's um, a reaction
0: I would probably have if I made a worm I'd be like uh, I get the concept, I get where we're going with this but I'm going to need to turn everything up a little bit
1: yeah that's that's fair Um, and certainly you know, in inland Sydney, which is, or well, not inland, but in central Sydney, which is where I currently am. Uh, Sydney, of course, a coastal town. Mm. Uh, I haven't come across many, if any, a few spiders, certainly, but no snakes. I saw bats flying around when I was in Brisbane. I've never seen bats flying around in public before.
0: They're quite cool because they fly in formation, huh? They go yeah, over the they're, they're actually kind of freaky.
1: quite cute. Some of them are very cute, and then others have horrible faces that look like they've been <laughs> smashed by a shovel.
0: Have you seen any bats that have connected the two wires on a power line, sadly, and fried themselves? Because I used to Um, encounter that a little bit when I lived in Sydney.
1: No, I haven't. Also, I haven't been looking out for it. I didn't know that was a a common trait amongst the bats. Sometimes Um,
0: they're on one wire, and then if they kind of hang too low and they connect to another wire, I think they kind of short-circuit themselves
1: or something. I can believe that.
0: And not short circuit in the fun movie sense where you get electrocuted and then come to life and get a conscience and try to convince everyone that you no longer want to be part of the war machine, Um, but in a more electrical engineering sense where you uh, have a lot of high voltage and high amps Mm. thrown through your body. Yeah, electrocuted. Uh, How was was the movie for you, Guy?
1: Look, it wasn't good, Tim. And before we get into that... um, just because of what you were saying earlier, I've wound up Googling um, peak Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to imagine when the Lethal Weapon movies came out and you know how popular he was as a figure, how um, sort of damning his fall from grace would... I mean, he had the full-on hair. He, had a sort of, he, was, he was a real dish.
0: Wasn't he? Oh, incredibly handsome man. The Australians have good genes, I think, for, for good-lookingness.
1: Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you there. The base Attractive level people. of attractiveness here in Australia is too high. Um, now, to your questions about the movie, Tim, I'm just waiting week after week for Zac Efron to bust out a decent-sounding track. I mean, it is honestly... It this is, you,
0: didn't it? We were chatting a little bit online um, while we were watching, so we felt a little bit closer, and that, that just, again, it slayed you. Another one this week where just, he hasn't nailed it. The
1: most fruitless attempt. I mean, I don't understand. I just... And you just can't... You can't build a movie... You can't have a movie which is purportedly building towards this climactic scene where he arrives as a DJ and then just have him pretty much fart into a microphone. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. It's disrespectful (laughs) to... Uh, any aspiring musicians who wanted to watch the movie to see a glimpse of their life on screen. It's disrespectful to any audience members who wanted to just watch a, a movie, have an enjoyable romp. I believe this was released in the summer, so a sort of a last fling before the end of summer. It's just, I don't know. You know, you go through the motion some weeks where you, you empathize with the filmmakers and everything that they were trying to do, and then other weeks you're just so deeply frustrated. And it's, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to make anything good, really, isn't it?
0: I sort of, I think I actually know what you mean. What you've said is quite a broad and confusing statement there, but I, I feel like I get the spirit of it. Because I said to you um, on the chat while we were watching that it, I feel like I can see through the Matrix code a bit this morning while I was watching it. And mm. that it's, I'm ju- I'm seeing all the bits. Um, I'm not seeing a cohesive whole. Little I'm bits. able to just see the little bits for little mouths but they don't add up to anything so i'm just saying it's like okay cool i can see a shot that got orchestrated with this color grading on top of it and we hired some extras and they're being instructed to dance by the yeah. AD, because max joseph took the AVO off that day and we've got some edm music that's layered on top of that but i'm not seeing it as a scene i'm seeing it as just distinct separate parts and I can't... Uh, add the, it's not how a movie is supposed to work when you watch it. And I guess it's that kind of deconstruction, which um, is, is blindingly obvious as it may be, to the point where it might be stupid to point it out uh, aloud. On the 37th watch, you, you start to not be able to escape that. You can no longer escape into the film in the way that you want to. Um, yeah. It's annoying. There's, it's frustrating because it would... You know, we had a a run right at the start of being able to enjoy this as a film that faded. It's kind of come back and forward some weeks, and I think truly, truly, guy, we are in uh, free fall from here on in for <laughs> the rest of the season. It, it's not looking good for me.
1: Look, I think I'm I'm looking at what lies ahead, Tim, and immediately it uh, it's uh, it's a treacherous. Uh, and difficult path to walk, uh, a difficult uh, path to climb. But I, I firmly believe that, say, seven, eight weeks from now, when the um, the sweet, sweet ticker tape parade of the finish line is in sight, I can only imagine the rocket that will put up our asses. As it stands, I'm both frustrated by the film and feel badly for those who were involved. Explain. Um, frustrated Frustrated. by the film, Mm -hmm. just, you know, keep hanging out with the same film every week. It's frustrating.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Partial credit.
1: Um, and feel badly for those involved. Just like, no one wanted it to come out like this, did they?
0: Well, that's a good question, isn't isn't it? Let's... Let's have a this chat isn't about that Exactly
1: guy. or necessarily the movie they set out to make.
0: Or is it? You know? Is this the exact vision that Max Joseph had? And he's maybe he still thinks it's good or maybe he's been able to sort of accept criticism from those around him and go, Maybe my vision, which I did enact perfectly in retrospect, uh, wasn't that great What or is it an accidental shitter?
1: Well, if it is if it is exactly what he intended to make, then all power to him. And you know, because at the end of the day, that's all you can ask of yourself. You have a vision, you execute it to the best of your abilities, whether or not it's received well. At least I know you know that. Don't know if people know out there, you- there
0: realize, but Maximum Joseph is probably the greatest visionary of our time. And uh, guess what? Even even Leonardo da Vinci had to take a shit once or twice a day. Or however, however often he's shared. But it's probably quite not that much. But you take my oh, yeah. point. Even Leonardo da Vinci was a man who had to get on the bog, spread them cheeks, and lay a loaf down multiple and times that, a week. that
1: goes beyond da Vinci, da Vinci. That's all of your favorite Renaissance artists. I mean... Rembrandt. I don't, I don't know what their diet... Rembrandt wasn't Renaissance, was
0: he? I don't know. You tell, you tell me. He
1: struck he strikes me as an impressionist but I mean I don't know a hell of a lot about it. all I'm trying to tell you all these people on set you know the real
0: the real shortcut to remembering uh, the significant renaissance painters is just go through the turtles Raphael Donatello Leonardo that's a great trick
1: Tim Uh, Donatello Raphael Leonardo Michelangelo Michelangelo
0: Great yeah. team, unstoppable force. And I'm talking about the painters, not the turtles. But you think you think that Maximum Joseph
1: is on that level? But we yeah, maybe I, don't don't. Maximum recognize Joseph it. is the
0: greatest visionary of our time. I mean, Catfish, is it a show that I've watched? No. Um am I one hundred percent okay with the format of it? Also, no. But I get a sense that it is a very culturally important show. It is very of our time. Um, I increasingly get the sense of they're still making it that probably it's gone on a bit long but the idea of bringing social media into the the tv realm using quite shit cameras and just just plowing ahead um there's something to that you know there's something to that that screams spark of genius to me
1: i'm having real trouble following your train of thought to i mean you are oscillating wildly all over the page here so it, you you have nothing but respect uh for maximum joseph or you just yeah uh, you don't necessarily respect him but you're willing to acknowledge that he is a visionary
0: we need to separate out the art from the artist and in this particular um product the art uh questionable at best uh terrible at most honest but the artist himself maximum joseph the visionary who managed to parlay um Basically, what should have been a web series into a TV show for MTV, and then parlay that into a film career where he got to work with Zach Efron. That takes the true inner workings of a genius.
1: Is that not just that's not necessarily artistic merit? That's just networking.
0: Well, what, what is well, what is being an artist in the film realm if not networking? You know, That is so depressingly probably true.
1: Oh, man. My point I is... My, I keep rubbing my eyes, Tim. You can't see me, but I'm rubbing my eyes a lot. And I'm sort of the, exhausted.
0: What time did you wake up and start hitting the hitting the old dusty trail? Woke up,
1: 7.59. Started watching Where Are
0: Your Friends? 8 a.m. <laughs> Just as we had planned. I actually was terrified because um, I sent you a message saying, could we start a little earlier? Because I've literally got to rush to the airport and might miss a flight as a result of doing this record. Um, which would cause me to miss a wedding, which uh, I don't think they'd be too happy about. But at any rate, I sent you a message, and I was uh, the thought did occur to me. I wonder if we've done that thing again, where you've already, yeah. you got up at six am to watch the film, and thought that we were recording at eight. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that you managed to get a little bit of kip um, and yeah. wake up at the kind of reasonable hour of eight. I know that you're no, on the you're on the comedy road at the moment. You're on the trail, but it's not too bad.
1: I think it's. I think eight's okay. I think eight's perfectly reasonable. You're an Eight. early
0: riser, Montgomery. You're used to it.
1: I put it to you, Tim. Did you have any quibbles with the film this week? Any plot points? Any uh, questions left unanswered? Stones left unturned? Yeah. That really? Well, got under your skin.
0: A glaring omission for me is the lack of Clarissa, who is a character that is introduced in dialogue only during a conversation between James Reed from the Feelers. And Somali, mother to sweet Kevin, sweet baby Kevin. Um, oh, yeah. So, what's happened there is the film has uh, put quite a spotlight on the fact that we're all going to go to Clarissa's party. You can, you can feel it coming. Um, when Somali brings up the fact that her and James Reed are supposed to head off to go to that party, to Clarissa's party, and James Reed from The Feelers has forgotten uh, who Clarissa is. And then, and then we get a little treat, which is a bit of backstory on Clarissa. Um, she went to Stanford with Somali for the brief time that Somali was there. And so we're going to go to a Stanford party. And, uh, I, you know, it's great. It's a good mood um, in the film because at the time when that gets brought up, we're in some sort of uh, Italian, maybe, restaurant? No, he's telling a story about being in Italy, but he's in just a normal restaurant. Maybe it's a Hooters, not sure. But we're in there, and we're having a pretty boring time, as James read from The Feelers. Uh, let's loose anecdote. Drags an out the anecdote. same
1: dead dog of an anecdote he does week after week. Oh, my God. It's a bad he's story. He's sort of the classic guy. You go on a first date with him. He's got a bit of disposable income. He has what appears to be a glamorous and interesting lifestyle. And within two dates, you're like, I cannot believe I'm still seeing this clown. God, All he talks so about true. is just like his life touring as a DJ. He just tells, he goes to cities, has no idea how to experience them and comes back just with the most stock anecdotes. Those I guys to,
0: are out there, right? eh? They, they exist in our yeah. world all the time. Oh, People who this have this time. thin veneer of beauty and interest and then you get into it and you're like, there is just a hole where a human should be. And it's that transferable skills thing. It's like just because you're an international touring DJ doesn't mean you're good at convos.
1: Absolutely but not. We assume it they are. We do. We assume the best of people. Um, I think we give good-looking people uh, an unearned pass, whereby it's like, assume that you're interesting until proven otherwise. And often it doesn't take very long. We have a similar thing. Everyone gets so up in arms when an athlete says something stupid. And you're like, yeah. this person has literally spent 50 hours a week for every week of their adult life practicing kicking throwing a ball, a ball mm. or kicking a ball. Like, what do you expect to happen when they open their mouth?
0: Yeah, it's not all going to be well-articulated philosophy or, uh, you know, diamond-pointed social commentary, is it?
1: But he's, yeah, he, I think, and as told by this, I mean, who goes to Rome and comes back with the anecdote, there are a lot of fountains in Rome, as though there's sort fucking of... fucking guy. There's any form of insight or interest in that. I can Google Rome, Google image search it, and come away with the same level of anecdote as James Reed actually managed to get by going to Rome.
0: So listen, here's my, um, here's where we're going with this. We're in there, we're hearing that terrible anecdote, and I'm already, as a a film audience member, to grab my coat and head along to the new party as well because I want to get the hell out of there. I'm sick of the story. <laughs> and um, we do go, but James Reed from the Feelers doesn't go. But at no stage in proceedings, in spite of all the hate crimes and the violence. The talk of cheese and the uh douche shit. he says that he's he's into music. He likes music big time. Um, we don't meet Clarissa, bro, and I think it yeah. might even be her party. It is her party. I mean, somebody
1: makes a real point at the dinner about um it being Clarissa's party and James Reed's met Clarissa and it's you know, there's a real sense of purpose that they're gonna see they met three times, Clarissa. we know
0: this. The film yeah. goes to all the trouble of telling us that they've met several times before. So,
1: James Reed either goes to watch C-SPAN as he says he will, or goes and has sex with some floozy as is his ongoing want. Spicy. Zakoli arrives at Clarissa's party, having never met her. I mean, <laughs> I guess you can see why so many may be held off in the introduction. He's a bit of a wild card. Well, that's I mean, true. His first attraction with anyone. <laughs> who's not solely at the party, is literally committing a hate crime.
0: Yeah. Imagine this. So yeah. I mean, maybe that's he's why. Bentley. James Reed from the feeler has, feelers has managed to um, meet Clarissa three times. Can you imagine the shit that is going to be pulling on his third visit? Like, if that's his yeah. entry, what does he work up to? I think the second one we can probably assume is arson. Just well, burning just... the motherfucker down. And then the third it's, one, I guess, is, um, and I, I sort of hate to say it out loud, I know um, this is topical and I sincerely hope it isn't when the episode comes out, but maybe a terrorist attack is the only place you go to for Well, here.
1: that's what I was going to say, Tim, is if your energy is that high when you enter, I mean, if your first action is to punch someone in the face mm. under the misguided premise that they have a different, they identified differently on the sexuality spectrum than you do Mm. i mean you leave yourself well yeah i mean and more than that you leave very little wriggle room for an even grander entrance the next time
0: Mm. yeah you got to go up every time that's that's certainly my approach at a party um however it goes down i go in with an open mind on the the first time i'm at someone's house but whatever shape that first interaction takes i know that i have to build on it in subsequent visits So if I come in and um, I have a a lovely time and get to know a couple of new faces, meet some new friends, um, and that's that, then I'll come in the second time to a party that's being hosted at the same location, be even friendlier, meet a few more people than I did before, and uh, really tear it up on the dance floor. However, conversely, if I come into a party and I have a minor scuffle or disagreement with someone, uh, you can rest assured that at the next little shindig at this particular venue, uh, I'm gonna be coming in pretty weapons hot.
1: And you're a scrapper too. You are you're you're rough and ready. Um and I think a lot of people don't realise that about you. When when often when you first meet someone you're very polite, you ask a lot of questions. You're you're a very naturally talented conversationalist and uh a joy to be around actually. That is really but, sweet um, guy. Thank you for saying well, that. Just beneath that sort of friendly and familiar veneer lurks a uh, a terrifying man who Will stop at nothing for a scrap of cheese, maybe you know, the dregs of someone's beer, just like Amaya may be on his haunches. Certainly, you do share similarities with um, both rats and kings.
0: I guess that, that I never really thought of it that way. That's what makes Brady Brady, isn't it? He is, he is, he is both parts of that equation, he's not just like. The King Rat. He is a king and a rat. He is the yeah. rat king.
1: He he, he identifies as both.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Now listen, guy.
1: I refuse. No. La 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 la.
0: <laughs> Do you have a shining light?
1: La um, la 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 la.
0: For this thirty-seven. Sorry, you ch- La la la. Are you? Come on, mate. La.
1: Guy. La, la. Hey. Are you trying to talk to me? Yeah. Um look, I know this is sort of uh, a a slightly different estimation of what a shining light is, insofar as it's something I enjoyed speculating about as opposed that was triggered by an event in the movie, but it's not a highlight from the movie itself.
0: Oh God, you can't see this, but I took the rule book and I threw it in the bin in the studio. Oh, so you just God. go hog wild.
1: That's such a relief because you're usually Championing lording that bloody rule right over my my head um so whennzacoleley in the throes of Djing his first ever sort of public appearance as far as I can tell at a at a pool party at a looking pool party at at James Reed's house, he takes it upon himself how as we've explained multiple times before, he takes it upon himself to explain sort of the magic and the construct behind djing um no one requested this. And certainly, as far as I can tell, no one's really listening, but through some clever filmmaking techniques, namely like interspliced footage of old cartoon footage and like, you know, just sort of archival odds and ends, Mm. it creates the illusion of momentum to his explanation of DJing. But the reality is this isn't what's happening at the actual looking pool party, is it? He's just talking. Uh, yes. And at one point okay,
0: I see what you're saying. It, it's it's something that we get to see as a film audience, but the people in the universe of the film, they're just seeing a man, um, sort of yeah. ranting almost about BPM and it is ranting.
1: Because as the, as the, the way the story's told, we trust that as the Coley explains how DJing works in his head, all of the mm-hmm. visual accompaniment that we see as a film audience is playing out. But mm-hmm. for the people who he's actually explaining it to at the looking pool party. It's just like, it is the ramblings of a madman. And at one point he says you need the you need the broad strokes of ninth grade biology, which is just patently untrue. At no point does he apply the broad strokes of ninth grade biology. And also, I feel like that's unfair to aspiring DJs who maybe aren't familiar with anything beyond eighth grade biology. That's not going to hinder you. That's not going to hold you back. You can DJ without that. Mm-hmm. But he sort of just explains the whole thing and it eventually reaches its zenith. Um, But every time, and especially this week, when he he stops explaining it, I just would love a visual acknowledgement of uh, the social faux pas that he's made and misunderstanding his job as a DJ to just play banging hot tracks. Uh, And his interpretation, of course, being to explain to everyone what he's about to do. As he's doing it, and just to clear the whole party. So that scene just finishes with Zakoli standing behind the decks. There's no one to be seen. Everyone's cleared out. Um, it's a different movie, and I think a more challenging journey for our hero, Zac Efron, uh, to then become a successful DJ, because it's a huge, not just That's sort true. of mental blow, but also... In the world of his aspirations, that's a, huge, a crushing blow in terms of he's not going to get booked for any more looking pool parties. No. He's probably sullied his relationship with his mentor, James Reed, from The Feelers.
0: Yeah. it's That that would be such a great moment, though, and I think add a lot of much-needed comedy to this film. It is one of those moments where he's gotten so far into his own head that while we are being exposed to the <laughs> inner workings of this um sort of, I don't know drug-addled brain with all the tv Mm. cuts in there and then you pull out and everyone has just bailed on him like that's a funny moment that's good comedy
1: it is funny and also like this it's just it's another challenge the the movie's not challenging enough for him everything comes so easily
0: yeah yeah his friend dies and not even that slows him down
1: Ah, his friend (laughs) dies just this isn't you know, the weird thing just is to feel right? something
0: Here, here's the strange thing about we are your friends the clue is in the title it sets itself up to be a movie about mates and friends kinship but um that's not what kinship is kinship's family isn't it but what it actually is is just about one man's journey to become a dj by himself and his friends don't matter at all because his best friend dies during the course of the film as a direct result of actions that our protagonist has taken. And mm. it's, it's, that, like, if that occurs in the film, that should probably be the main point of the film. But it's not in this. It is a mere sideshow, a mere 25 cent sideshow at the circus that is Zacoli, the crying DJ, and his <laughs> stupidly um, low gradient of a mountain that he has to climb. It's not even a it's, mountain. It's a fucking. It's barely a hill. It's it's, it's a it's a driveway. It's, this movie yeah. is a driveway for his for our protagonist.
1: He walks down a flat tar sealed driveway, comes across a dead body halfway down. Goes. Looks, I looks know that it. dude. Yeah, and then just keeps walking, and then he arrives at the house that he wanted to get to the whole time, and that's the movie. And do you know who's inside the house? Who? His like one of his best mates ex girlfriends who he's always wanted to bone and she's totally keen on boning him. That's your fucking movie.
0: I wonder if that's how they pitched it in uh for the studio execs to get the money to get the Zach Efron.
1: <laughs> I like to think that there was a little more panache, but who's to
0: say? We'll never know. That is the reality of it. Oh boy. Thirty seven watches. What are we? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we fucking? What do you like, Guy Montgomery? What are we up to, mate? It, um mate. it's just you got every now and then you gotta take a step back and ask the question, don't you?
1: Oh, look, you really do. I um, I last night as I was going to bed was explaining to one of the people uh, with whom I'm staying, uh. Why I had to get up at eight o'clock in the morning, and they just literally refused. They just thought we'd been like sitting around and joking for a few hours, having a beer, mm-hmm. uh, and then when I was like, "This is what I'm doing in the morning," they just flatly refused to believe it. Yeah, just like <laughs> absolutely not. That's not you're just this is a put on. And I was like, "It's it's really not like I'm going to do it." And he's like, "Nah, just not even amused. Just literal." Sort of nope. disdain for the nope. fact that I would brazenly nope. make up such a ludicrous lie.
0: not taking that on as information that needs to be anywhere near my brain. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I, I guess that reaction is correct. Well, it is uh, but it's yeah, I probably wouldn't believe you. If I met you uh, recently and you're a, you're a pretty funny dude, you know you make sure it up on the fly, you spin a good yarn and if you I told love to me, laugh
1: oh, I love to laugh Tim.
0: You, you sure do I know this about you and if I met you one night at a bar and got to chatting to you and then you're like right well I better head off because I've got to get up in the morning to watch We Are Your Friends for the 37th time with my mate who's in New Zealand I'd be like alright mate yep good one you can just leave <laughs> yeah. you don't have to make something up it's quite fine you can just go when you want to go
1: yeah I think <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what happened which is funny when you present it back to me <laughs> I oh can enjoy boy. that. How many more you hey, got did,
0: in your guy? That's the real question.
1: Well, it's got to be 15, doesn't it?
0: Does it? It does.
1: It's got to be 15.
0: you, you got to do another 15, as I've always oh, said. Oh,
1: man. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We are limping to the finish line. Did you have a shining light this week, Tim?
0: Um, it was literally the shining lights when they're on the cliff, Somali and Zakoli the Crying DJ. Um, yeah. when just after he's committed the hate crimes and there's that beautiful, uh, I think it's called more effect of the city lights behind them. Um, looks like they've used a, a lens with a very, um, low F stop number, shallow depth of field, lets a lot of light in, creates a beautiful, That's great. great, great, beautiful little piece of cinematography. I'm so tired and hungry. And I also haven't had a coffee, which is really busting my balls. It's,
1: oh man. Um, why would you why would you watch this movie with any of the trimmings?:
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's a more pure experience. It's like when people um, fast, they, yeah. they want to cleanse themselves, get rid of everything. There's no additional stimulus in me right now, except for <laughs> Zac Efron and his fuck boys just just doing it again. We'll go another one. We'll watch it again, we'll go again, play, play it again, Sam. You know, 37 times. Unbelievable. Who did I like this week? Mm, Let me do a rundown. Was it Johnny Depp? No, it wasn't. Never. Was it Jarhead? Certainly not. But we take one sideways step from Jarhead and we get Dad, And he is a man who captured me this week. Uh, He's a man of few words. In fact, I think he might say three or four in the whole film. Um, we have assumed and I fully stand by this assumption that he's got a military background in fact I think if memory serves we may have um, suggested that he was in Desert Storm which I think would make him a little bit older than he first appears um, but the dude keeps in good nick he runs yeah he does not with Zach Efron he runs by himself because uh, he's a he's a lone wolf he's a solo man
1: yeah that's <laughs> that's your take
0: that's my hot take on Jar Dad. I just was watching him as all. He really captured me this week. And I, oh, I, it's like what happens with with all of these projects. You know, Sex yeah, in the yeah. City was a great one. You you see someone, they catch your eye, and you start delving into what makes them them. What was Jar but, Dad's upbringing? What was his relationship to his father like? These are the questions I would love to answer.
1: Well, these are questions you can answer. I mean... Do, do we do we all become our parents um, do you think ja, do you think Jar dad's relationship with his father is the model upon which he built his relationship with Head?
0: what other model does one have apart from the the relationship they've first been exposed to there's no other relationship model really that I've seen up close apart from the one that I've got with my dad you know well
1: it must be very interesting then for Jar dad in that he would have grown up completely unable to understand a word that was being spoken by his father and in procreating <laughs> with jar mum, he would have had mm. to come to terms with and make his peace with the fact that one day his son, Jarhead junior would be unable to understand a word that he said.
0: That's pretty sad. So when, when jar is, talking to Jardad about um, the fact that he and Zicoli have started working in real estate and I think the next line that's very hard to hear might be he's suggesting to his father to put some money into this real whiz-bang industry that they've fallen into um, what do you think his expectations are on that? Does he just keep trying to start conversations with Jardad because everyone you know, obviously wants to have a connection with their father and he, he knows in his heart of hearts that they can't talk because, like in Peanuts, you know, all that he will get back is warble. Just warble noise. Do you, but, can can they communicate
1: through the written word? Or do you think all of the, everything he writes just comes out as warble as well?
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, the only
1: word he can write is warble.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the only... No, he can write words, but it's if Jarhead sees them, all he sees is warble. <laughs> sort of like the Matrix Code thing again, you know?
1: Love the, un- the Matrix. Love, love, o- love the Matrix.
0: Look, at looks at that uh, cascading green code, and it's, it's just a bunch of gobbledygook. But if you're a trained operator, you know you can see what's up. That movie's like 20 years old now. Oh, not quite.
1: My, um, my, I had a. We had to do religious education at my high school, and the teacher of that, who was the school chaplain. Bloody loved the Matrix. He'd always be referring to it as this allegory for the Bible. And we'd all be like that it was. If we get to watch the Matrix, I don't care what you say, mate.
0: If I get to see that sweet bullet time, (laughs) yeah. What a treat. What a treat for a strapping young group of lads. Or a group of young strapping lads. I like the idea though that the group itself is young and strapping, but the lads are not. Not 100% sure how that works.
1: No, I hey can't guy, quite wrap my brain around that either.
0: Yes? Um, I'm actually going to start investigating uh, how far away an Uber could conceptually be because uh, I do have a flight that I need to get on, but we also have some business we need to attend to in this episode, and that is five, six, seven, eight, 6, Getting, getting sentimental, sentimental
1: with James Reed. Reed. Oh my god he, 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 he. How These far Ubers was are, Uber?
0: Oh they're too expensive It's just giving me a quote There's no one paying that god, Surge prices lot. Nah it's not even su- Oh maybe it is Yeah it is surge Oh boy. Oh
1: dude You gotta call up Um, oh, I can't remember I think it's cheap Cabs or convenience cabs They do like a 40 or 50 dollar flat rate from. Um, they have
0: burned me in the past uh, And on an airport flight no less it was a few years ago now. Maybe they're better, but also maybe they don't exist because Uber does. At any rate, yeah. we've got a MacBook Pro box, everybody. <laughs> We're trying to figure out what's in it. You know the game. You know how it's played. We've we've done this a time or two before. Um, So I'm going to... Hmm.
1: I feel like you're it's simultaneously thinking of what's in the box and also dealing with your Uber situation.
0: No, the overthinking. Wait, this requires my full attention. There's a there's a scent, there's an aroma, arriving oh. from the box this week. And so I think you smell it, it
1: before you see it.
0: You do, and it's through cinnamon.
1: the box, through the plastic bag.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's an awareness. It's, yeah, it's a cinnamon smell, and there's a little bit of smoke coming out. Oh God! And I think we all know where this is going. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> Coley, so the crying DJ, opens the box and there is indeed a MacBook in there, or what looks to be a MacBook, but it's actually in the shape of a MacBook and is made of incense sticks. Entirely. <laughs> Why does he have it? Because James Reed from The Feelers has converted to Catholicism recently, but in a big oh. way. Oh Which isn't you don't hear a lot about Catholicism is a religion where people um, convert in later in life do you you hear a bit no, oh, a, a bit about Judaism with regard to that because you've got to marry in some lapsed
1: Catholics I think turn back to it because if you absolve like if you absolve yourself on your deathbed I think you you're all good yeah, but certainly as as a as a um, as a religion say a, a secular person turning to Catholicism midlife. Especially mm. you know, in this political climate.
0: Oh yeah. Forget virtually about it. Virtually
1: unheard of. But here we have James Reed from the Feelers, um flirting with the idea of joining the Catholic Church. And yeah. I guess sort of trying to bring some people along for the
0: ride with him. Is that what you're telling me? I think it's his own personal journey, but he wants to bring Zicoli the Crying DJ with him because he's a very special person to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you think that you have the truth, the way, and the light, um, you don't want to take just anyone on that journey with you, but you do want to take your loved ones. And in his case, is that Somali? Uh-uh. That's Re parks his penis. He cares deeply for Zicoli the Crying DJ, and that's why he wants to take him on the path to spiritual enlightenment. So he gets him a whole MacBook Pro shape made of incense because, as we all know, in those beautiful Catholic rituals, they bloody love an incense stick.
1: It seems pretty insulting to try and bring a like. I know I know that their relationship, James Reef and the Feelers and Somity's relationship is fraught with tension and sort of trust issues, but it does seem specifically very mean-spirited to try and convert your friend in front of your
0: partner do you know what i mean that, i mean look, I, I yeah i don't want to labor this too much that's just the kind of man that james Reed from the feelers is um and to be honest guy that's probably all i'm going to have time for so what i would like to do now is remind everyone that both guy and i will be at the melbourne international comedy festival and love to see your faces there um oh
1: my god yes
0: uh you can for my dates go to timbat that's with two t's .co.nz for guy go to his website to which is guymont comedy guymontcomedy.com
1: .com. i i did uh we're also start,
0: we really should have had the sus by now but we're trying to figure out a date and a venue to do a um <laughs> very shambolic uh, live worst idea that looks fun.
1: like for those of you who are curious it's going to be on the weekend of the 9th of april Sunday the 9th Guy, of April, I would pencil keep, into keep a your diary. E-
0: keep your ears to the ground. Join the Facebook group, please. We need everyone on there for some reason. I've just made that an imperative now. Um, but we do update all the live stuff on there, and or you could follow either one of us on Twitter and you'll see it. Um, we'll let you know. We'll get you the good oil, but you've got to follow... The socials. Probably the worst idea. Facebook page is the best idea. I've really got to go. I think I'm going to miss this flight. Um Guy, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I can't wait to see you. Isn't the and flight um, in 45 minutes? I'll I'll catch you later, buddy.
1: Yeah, get out of here, dude. Ow!
0: This movie's still fine. There's <laughs> One of them guys that goes squirrel. One of them's a hottie. His name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp. And his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not try Bonus of the Heart?
0: afraid to I fucking gouge your eyes out bitch fuck you do you know what gouge my I eyes out put because my do you know what my strongest eyes.
1: sense is my ears and i i honestly believe that i can hear you, you I'd before i'd bite I see your earlobes you.
0: off you can't bite my earlobes off. you earlobes can't bite off. my even if you took my lobe i've still got my drum I'm hearing, I'm hearing you i'm in pain but i'm hearing you honestly i would kick you in the gr- i'd fucking kick you in the crotch kick me in the crotch i'd punch you so hard in the stomach oh my god my um, stomach no, on can the face take it. sorry and the face my stomach can take I it I will break your nose break it